Welcome to the Gallipod, with me, Gala Placidia. In this episode, I'm reading part three of my fic, Can I Tell You Something? If you're not here for dry fanfic, you're in the wrong place. Content warning, this story deals with drug addiction, primarily MDMA, cocaine, and alcohol. I hope you enjoy, Can I Tell You Something? Chapter 7 It was so easy just to call Draco when he got home and put him on speakerphone and amble around his kitchen getting dinner, chatting about absolutely nothing. What are you making? asked Draco over the phone. Just some roast veg, said Harry. God, I'm hungry. I don't think I've eaten a vegetable since 2002. Come over, said Harry, before he could stop to think about it. There was a long pause. Or don't, said Harry. Whatever, it's not a big deal. Have you got enough for two? asked Draco, hesitantly. I've got enough for about twelve, mate. Come over, said Harry. I'll have to apparate. I haven't got a flu. That's fine, said Harry. Harry told him the address. Five minutes later, his front doorbell rang, and God, it was Draco, looking gorgeous and shy on his doorstep. Are you sure? he said. Harry ignored him and went back to the kitchen, so that Draco was forced to follow. Smells good, said Draco wistfully. I'm not trying to be funny, but don't you have, like, a million house elves? asked Harry. I do, yeah, said Draco, taking in Harry's kitchen. At least my parents do. I couldn't have one when I had muggle flatmates, though, and by the time I got my own place I was sort of used to... Good Christ, is that a troll leg umbrella stand? (laughs) You like it? It's quite something, Harry. You can have it if you want, said Harry. Draco made a horrible face. You're too kind, he said. No, really, I insist, said Harry, smirking. I couldn't possibly, said Draco. I won't take no for an answer, said Harry. I'll bloody hit you over the head with it if you offer it to me again, said Draco. Harry grinned. Are you going to help me, or are you just going to lounge around looking pretty? Draco's eyes flashed up at him. He frowned. Sorry, said Harry, faltering. Give me something to chop and I'll chop it, said Draco. Of course, Draco wasn't very useful when it came to kitchen chores. He kept getting distracted. Onion burlesque, he mused. The stage is a chopping board. I roll hideously forward. Slowly, I peel off my layers. Tear gas comes out of hidden canisters among the audience. By the time I've been fully unwrapped, they are weeping uncontrollably. The police cut my nubile, oniony body off the stage. Give that here, said Harry. I'll chop it. I was doing it, said Draco. You were choreographing, said Harry. Don't you have a house elf? I like cooking, said Harry. Feels homey. Draco looked sideways at him. I suppose, he said, and started making the long slices of red pepper do the can-can. Stop (laughs) slutting up my vegetables, said Harry. I will not have you using that sexist terminology in my kitchen, Harry. Harry made a sound that was half exasperation, half delight. You're useless. Go open a bottle of wine and sit, he said. Then he froze. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. It's fine, said Draco, lightly. I like water. I have... "'Milk?' said Harry. "'Water is good. "'I'm really sorry, I just forgot. "'It's fine, Harry. "'People drink around me all the time. "'Doesn't it bother you?' "'No. "'Sometimes. "'The smell. "'It's fine. "'Do you miss it?' "'Is this meal solely vegetables, "'or is there to be some sort of carbohydrate?' "'The next time Draco came over, "'Harry had stocked his pantry full of a variety of non-alcoholic drinks. "'Ribena?' Sparkling apple juice? Coke? Diet Coke? Sprite? Lemonade? Iced tea? Orange squash? Waitrose finest apple and mango juice? He offered a bemused Draco. You went to Waitrose for me. I'm touched, said Draco. 
He said it as if it was a joke, but he kept glancing over at the pantry, and he brought it up several times throughout the evening. You didn't have to. Usually people forget. I'm so used to it. You really didn't have to. That was quite thoughtful of you, Potter. I want to see you perform again. When's your next gig? asked Harry on the phone. He hadn't got home until 11.30, so there was only time for a quick call before bed. It hadn't even occurred to him not to reach out to Draco. You won't be able to make it, said Draco. It's at eight on Saturday. You'll be on patrol. Oh, said Harry. Yeah. I have later gigs occasionally. I'll let you know next time. Harry could hear Draco stretching over the phone and wished he could see it. Although they're always boozy disasters, I'll be honest with you. I have a special act I do with a late night crowd. What is it? I play a drunk girl trying to buy a kebab. I bet they love that, said Harry. What can I say? I'm the best. I love you, thought Harry, with sudden clarity. It wasn't anything he hadn't known before. His aura partner was a woman named Bianca Rosenthal. She stared at Harry when he asked her about patrol shifts. You want someone else to do your shift? Just on Saturday? Harry paused. Although I could maybe cut back on evening patrols in general, actually. Harry? Wow. Um, yes. Totally. Let me just... Oh, Harry! To Harry's great surprise, she threw herself into his arms and gave him a kiss on the cheek. Uh, Bianca? Sorry, sorry, I'm just glad. That I'm dropping a shift? Yes. Harry, do you know most people stop doing patrols after their second year on the job? I know that, but I'm more thorough, so... No, you can't take it back, said Bianca. I'm putting the request through now. You'll be out of here by seven every day. Don't argue with me. When Harry arrived at the nightclub, there was the same atmosphere of joyous anticipation as before. He hadn't told Draco he was coming. Ursula found him the moment he walked in. She wore her stage makeup and a spangly dress. Harry, you're so sweet to come. Draco will be thrilled. How are you? but Harry was choking. Is that... He pointed at where Lucius Malfoy stood, impossibly straight in more ways than one, wearing a stern muggle suit. Oh yeah, that's Draco's dad, Lucy. He's such a sweetheart. Have you met him? Once or twice, said Harry. Lucy! Lucius looked up, smiled openly at Ursula, and then caught sight of Harry. His smile instantly became false and strained. Ursula took Harry's arm and dragged him over to Lucius. You two know each other, she said. Not well, said Lucius, through his forced smile. Lucius, said Harry. The anger he had expected to come did not arrive. This was the man who had nearly killed Ginny Weasley when she was only eleven years old. But Harry thought of Draco, musing about Bellatrix Lestrange's potential redemption arc, and felt no anger at all. Draco's doing his Queen of Tears act tonight, it's so pretty, said Ursula. I saw it in Brighton, said Lucius. Harry laughed. He couldn't help himself. Think it's funny, do you, Potter? snarled Lucius. Here to jeer at my son? Harry forced himself to stop laughing. No, he said. Draco and I are friends. Friends? repeated Lucius. Oh, yeah, said Ursula, blithely. Draco talks about Harry all the time. Does he? asked Harry. Ah, shit, said Ursula. Don't tell him I told you that. What does he say? asked Harry. How long has this been going on? asked Lucius. Years, said Harry, although he wasn't sure Draco would see it that way. Years, said Lucius. How sissy? asked Ursula. I wish she'd come again. I'm sure I'll be able to persuade her eventually, said Lucius. 
She's rather old-fashioned, as you know. Harry laughed and laughed and laughed. Not even Lucius's furious glare could stop him. What do you think of Draco's stage name? asked Harry eventually. Lucius's mouth drew into a long, thin line. Draco's always had an irreverent sense of humour. Narcissa was not amused. Oh, said Harry, not laughing anymore. The lights went dark and the show began. Draco's act was different, less ethereal, but equally lovely. He wore a crown made of teardrop crystals and a ball gown made of a special paper that disintegrated when water touched it. At first, Draco cried, although Harry could tell that he had used a charm to draw the tears out because he had seen Draco cry before and it was a much more heaving affair. Then Draco thrust his hands into a bucket of water and ran them all over himself as he danced until the dress and everything beneath it had been eroded away, leaving him in only some sort of diamante underwear. The lights dimmed and Lucius clapped louder than anyone. Harry, said Draco, in the dressing room. Then, more muted, Father. You've changed the lighting cue since I last saw it, said Lucius. Yeah, yes, Draco, we aren't American. Draco was instantly cowed. Yes, sorry, I wanted to make it feel as if the stage is underwater by the end. Do you think, did you prefer it before? It's not good enough yet, said Lucius. I'll speak to the lighting technician. Oh, please don't. You terrified him last time, said Draco. He glanced at Harry. I didn't know you were coming, Harry. I would have... He didn't finish his sentence, but he didn't need to. He would have told Lucius not to come. Lucy, said Mark, wearing nothing but a silk thong. He drew Lucius into a bear hug. Come to Mars with us. Not tonight, thank you, said Lucius. I'd better be on my way. We'll talk more about the lighting, Draco. Draco nodded seriously. Bye, Lucy, we love you, shouted one of the naked women at the back of the dressing room. Lucius gave her an uncomfortable smile and left. Well, that was surreal, said Harry. Did you think the lighting was shit? asked Draco. I thought it was perfect, said Harry. Draco didn't seem to hear him. He shook his head. He's right, it doesn't work. The whole act is stupid. I don't know why I still do it. Draco, chill out. He's just your dad. That's how he is. You don't know him, said Draco, suddenly ferocious. And then he sighed, patting the base of his false eyelashes with one delicate finger. He was wearing what Harry recognised as a very nice set of sky-blue dress robes. He seems all right now, said Harry. Not saying I'm over all the, um, all the stuff from before. I mean, I haven't forgiven him. But he seems to care about you. Draco was packing away his crown into a bag. He shook his head. I'm such a dunce when it comes to lighting, he said. Draco, it was brilliant. I loved it. The way the costume slowly disintegrated the more you cried, amazing. Although I do feel those people deserve to know that in reality you're not a pretty crier. Draco laughed a little at that, although his expression darkened. I'm not a pretty anything, he said. You're gorgeous, said Harry, quietly. Don't patronise me, Harry. I'm not... Draco spoke to the room at large. Look, are we going to go to Mars or not? Because at this rate, the Russians will get there first. So, Draco, how did you get your scars? asked Mark, sucking on a milkshake. Draco smiled a wide crocodile smile, but under the table his knee knocked reassuringly against Harry's. Strap in, folks, said Draco. Let me spin you a tail. Chapter 8 Harry went to Draco's next gig, and his next. He soon saw what he was quite sure Draco did not. 
that Draco had friends, lots of them, and that they loved him. He decided to test this theory one night at Mars. Isn't there a bar at the nightclub? he asked Ursula, as he handed the waiter his menu. There is, said Ursula. So why do you always come here? asked Harry. Ah, you know, this is a bit more friendly for people who don't drink. Harry looked around. Everyone at the table had wine or beer, except for Draco, who nursed a lime and soda. Most of you drink, said Harry. All of you, except for Draco. Ursula gave him a look that suggested she knew exactly what he was doing. Draco doesn't like bars, she said. He never used to stay when we went to the bar, so now we come here instead, and he stays. Harry smiled at his cutlery. You're good friends, he said. He's a lamb, said Ursula, fondly. Draco glanced at her from across the table as she spoke, and she raised her voice. We're talking about you, Draco. Draco glared at them, flicked his hair bitchily over his shoulder, and turned to talk to Rain, the MC. So, said Ursula, are you two dating, or... No, said Harry. He fiddled with his paper napkin in his lap. He's not over his ex. Hugo, asked Ursula, sounding surprised. No, said Harry. Michael. Ah, yeah, that was Hugo's problem too, said Ursula. Posh git. You know, he once asked me why I still kept my nan around. We bought ours a cottage somewhere. She sends us cards. Turns out he meant his nanny, not his grandma. Harry, who could probably have listened to Ursula badmouth Draco's exes all day, made a sympathetic sound. The waiter put a plate of chips in front of Ursula. She fell on them eagerly. So he was with Hugo for a while then, asked Harry, sensing that Ursula was more invested in the chips than in the conversation. About a year, I think, said Ursula. Don't get me wrong, Hugo was lovely. I don't know that Draco would have kicked the drugs without him. Oh, said Harry gloomily. He hadn't got Draco off drugs. Was Harry even lovely? Probably not. Anyway, don't give up, said Ursula. He'll figure it out eventually. Figure what out? asked Harry. Ursula laughed and picked up a long chip. Chip challenge, she exclaimed to the table. Anyone got one longer than this? I have under the table said Mark, lecherously, and everyone threw food at him, and Harry never found out what it was that Draco would figure out, eventually. He texted Draco. You're wrong about Ursula. She does like you. Is that what you two were talking so cosily about tonight? You looked as if you were plotting a state coup. They all care about you a lot. They think of you as a good friend. I don't really have friends. You do. I suppose it depends what you mean by friendship. People who love you. (laughs) Flawed definition. My Aunt Bella loved me. My Aunt Bella did not equal my friend. Okay, well, I don't know then. But I know they care about you. They're essentially co-workers, Harry. They don't know me. So no one can be your friend unless they know you. But no one can know you because you won't let them. Draco didn't answer for ten minutes. When he did, it was with a picture of a kitten cuddling several birds. Harry, have you seen this? The internet is wild! Cats are the natural predators of birds! (laughs) Lol, you're ridiculous. New act idea. I'm a sexy bird. No, wait. Sexy kitten covered in birds. I can already tell that this is a bad idea. No, hear me out. I come on stage wearing a coat made of live birds. I lure them off my body using crumbs of bread. Draco, slowly revealing that my body, do not say, is covered in fur. Is covered in fur! You realise that if they haven't seen, like, this exact picture. Everyone's seen this picture. You're deranged. You love it. Sure. Oh, come on, you do. It's late. Fine. Good night. Night. It was increasingly difficult not to text. I love you. 
The first time Draco asked about Dean Thomas was also the first time Harry saw Draco's flat. It was the kind of studio loft that wouldn't have impressed someone if they didn't know about London house prices, smallish with enormous high ceilings and windows. The main room of the flat was given over to Draco's costume workshop. Harry resisted making a comment about the demented outfits Draco had made in third year, which in retrospect seemed like the inauspicious beginnings of a promising talent for sewing. The loft was accessible by ladder, and Harry could just about make out a low Japanese bed. There were a lot of plants. I don't know about Dean Thomas, Harry answered. I haven't seen him in years. Draco was fiddling about with tea bags. Is he alive, do you think? He asked, casually. Jesus, Draco. Well, I'd have heard if he wasn't, said Harry. Draco did not seem reassured. I'm sure I would have heard, said Harry. Milk, asked Draco, although he knew Harry's tea preferences. Thanks, said Harry. Some of the shit he and I used to do, said Draco. He put away the milk and started wiping down his oven, which was how Harry knew he wanted to talk. Draco found it easiest to talk when he had something to do with his hands, something to look at. I think back and... Do you know how many times I just bought random pills from strangers and took them without checking what they were? Harry didn't say anything. Which was, like, particularly reckless, said Draco, scrubbing at his spotless oven, given how many people want me dead, you know? And Dean was just as bad. He used to go home with the thuggiest fucking men. I'm astonished he wasn't murdered. Harry took his tea from the counter and warmed his hands on it. I mean, said Draco, he was so fucked up after the war. It was ironic, really, that he was trying to work through it with me, of all people. When I'm the reason... He forgave you, said Harry. Drago laughed. <laughs> yes. We got high together every night for four years, and every single time he told me he forgave me, over and over. He laughed again. He didn't fucking forgive me. He couldn't. He was just trying to convince himself. Draco leant his hips against the hob, his head against the extractor van. Harry approached slowly slowly, put down his tea, put one hand on Draco's shoulder blade. There's this thing called MySpace, said Draco abruptly. Harry dropped his hand and hoisted himself to sit on the counter. What is it? he asked, because he had a policy never to resist Draco's conversation changes. Oh, it's a brilliant internet thing. I don't quite understand it myself, but I have to show you. Okay, said Harry. So Draco brought over his laptop and showed Harry his MySpace profile and they didn't talk about Dean again. Dean? asked Ron. You've come to the shop on your lunch hour to ask about Dean. Harry sidled by the cash register. Yeah, he said. I mean, said Ron, looking nonplussed. He's living with Luna. She's been helping him get his act together. I'd say you should see them, but I know how you hate it when... Yeah, I think I will. Thanks. Harry paused. Um, how have you been? Me? asked Ron. Yeah, said Harry. Good, said Ron, carefully. Ron didn't tell him important things anymore, either. Everything going well with Hermione? asked Harry. Yeah, said Ron. Cool, good, said Harry. Harry, are you seeing someone? Harry pulled a Draco and started talking about how amazing the internet was. So these memes, all the muggles read them? asked Ron clearly utterly baffled by the direction the conversation had taken. Yeah, totally. They can't get enough of them. Anyway, I'd better get back to work. See you around. Take care. Dean and Luna lived in a farmhouse near Winchester. It was a sunny spring day when Harry visited, and they had tea in the garden. Luna looked exactly the same as she had at 14, 
and Dean looked about forty-five. "'It's very nice to see you, Harry,' said Luna. "'Yeah, it's good to see you too,' said Harry, nervously watching Dean out of the corner of his eye. Dean's feet tapped constantly, and he drummed his fingers on his legs, and his teeth were like old tombstones, all crooked and rotten. "'How have you been?' asked Luna. Harry thought about saying he'd been good, thanks, but it was written pretty clearly on Dean's face how he'd been doing. Anything other than the truth seemed like needless cruelty. "'I've been really depressed for a long time,' said Harry. "'Since the war, really. I think I'm coming out of it, though.' "'Wingflorps mature in our brain at around this age,' said Luna, nodding sagely. Dean made a snide laughing sound. Luna passed him a biscuit. He did not eat it. "'How long have you two been living together?' asked Harry. Four months,' said Luna. "'Just like old times,' said Dean sarcastically. "'I think it's quite different,' said Luna serenely. "'We're not chained up in a cellar for one.' Dean made the snide laughing sound again. "'Ah,' uh, said Harry. "'Speaking of which, Draco Malfoy was asking after you.' Dean jolted, spilling his cup of tea. "'He's alive!' "'Uh, yeah,' said Harry. "'I thought for sure. "'He was so fucking reckless.' I used to look at the obituaries. He's doing pretty well, said Harry. I want to see him, said Dean, leaning earnestly forward. I'm not sure that's a good idea, said Luna. He's been sober for over three years, said Harry, guessing her concern. Doesn't even smoke cigarettes. I have to see him, said Dean. I have to tell him I'm... Dean trailed off, seeming to notice for the first time that he had spilled tea all over himself. I'll, um, I'll check if he's free, said Harry suddenly unsure whether it was a good idea for Draco to see Dean. Maybe they'd drag each other down again. Maybe Draco would feel betrayed that Harry had mentioned him. He's okay, asked Dean. You once told me you didn't know him all that well, Harry reminded him. I would never have said that, said Dean. You did. Well, I don't fucking remember that, do I? Dean, said Luna. Harry's our friend. I know. Dean leant back on the garden bench, breathing heavily. I know. He looked at Harry. Three years sober. Yeah, said Harry. That's... Dean laughed. If Draco can do it. Draco can do anything he sets his mind to, said Harry, coldly. Dean looked puzzled. I meant, because he was deeper in it than anyone else I knew, he said. Why are you two hanging out, anyway? Are you friends? Whose house is this? asked Harry. Luna, did you buy it? That's what Draco used to do, said Dean, on a come down. Deflect. He could never talk once he was sober. I bought the farm with the money I made from my literotica, Harry, said Luna. It's very popular with the over-fifties. Oh, said Harry, wishing he hadn't said anything. Before you ask, Luna and I aren't dating, or married, or secretly pining for each other, said Dean. I didn't get that vibe, no, said Harry. I think friendship is so much nicer than romance, don't you? asked Luna. Harry couldn't quite bring himself to agree. Chapter 9 so, I... Typing. Having an aneurysm over there, Harry? Trying to confess undying love or something? I saw Dean. Draco? Yeah, I'm here. How was he? Your teeth are in better shape than his. But then he isn't hideously deformed. Typing. Don't bother, Harry. How was he? Was he... Sober, yeah. Recently, by the looks of it. He was sober. You're sure? Addicts can be tricky like that, pretty sure. He seemed fucking miserable. Ah, a sure tell. And he's living with Luna. Christ, 
No, it's good. She's taking care of him. No, no, I... That is good. I'm glad. It's just... The pair of them. Together again. Like old times. Lull and all that. He wants to see you. You mentioned me. Well, yeah. He wants to see me. He said he wants to tell you something. Yes, I'm sure he does. You're assuming the worst. Oh, yes. What do you assume I am assuming, oh, assuming one, that he wants to take back all those I forgive yous? But that's not what it seemed like. I think he missed you. Draco? Did you know that the heart of a shrimp is located in its head? No. Where does it keep its brain? One sec. Horrible. I'm only getting recipes for shrimp brain sauce. Who are these people? Are you coming over later? Mm-hmm. Can you bring feta cheese? Yes. I like that you always let me change the conversation when I want, said Draco, apropos nothing. Harry quietly took another bite of his salad. Draco frowned at the table. It makes it easier to bring things up, he said, after a moment. Harry took a sip of his red currant squash. Did you know that muggles have a game called football that they think is quite as important as Quidditch? asked Draco. Harry laughed. Yes, I did know that. It's the World Cup this year. Ursula keeps banging on about it. Draco frowned again. I wish I could tell her about Quidditch. It must have been a relief at first that they didn't know about the war, said Harry. It was, said Draco. He glanced trustingly up at Harry. I don't want to talk about it. Do you understand the rules of football? asked Harry. No, said Draco. So they went outside after dinner, and Harry showed him, rather badly, how to dribble. It was funny, but I don't want to talk about it seemed like immense progress from just changing the subject. It happened several times over the next few weeks. Hugo was tall like that. Really? Taller than you? Oh, yeah. He used to bend his knees a bit sometimes, and put his eyes at my level, and say, So this is how the world looks to you. It was condescending as fuck. I loved it. Did you love him? I... You don't have to answer. No, I... I sort of pretended to be in love with him because I needed somewhere to stay. I made him really fucking sad. How long were you together? A year. Your parents found you after six months, so you wouldn't have needed him after that. Yeah, well, I sort of pretended to myself as well. It was such a shit to him. Sounds more like you were trying to figure out, like, your own feelings. Can we not? Sure. So what I'm getting from that Hugo anecdote earlier is that you secretly like being condescended to. Don't get any fucking ideas. Ah, oh, you're so cute when you tried to be intimidating. What have I done? Shh, sweetheart, I'll take care of you. Typing. Typing. You're disturbed. And disturbing. You like it. Typing. Typing. I literally don't know how to respond to that. The depths of your wrongness cannot be plumbed. <laughs> Lol. Good night, Draco. Night. Another time, they were walking through a field of bluebells in Kent. How many letters do you think you sent me? asked Draco. I was thinking about this the other day, said Harry. At least a hundred, right? I've got them all. We could count, said Draco. You kept them, said Harry. Of course. Who knows when I might need a cheeky hundred grand? The money in the bank, Potter. Ha <laughs> ha. Harry trod thoughtfully on. Did Michael know I wrote to you? He hated it, said Draco. Oh, said Harry. He was mad at me for telling you when he and I first got back together, said Draco, plunging his fists deep into the pockets of his barber jacket. He wanted to keep it a secret. Harry looked carefully ahead, not letting his gaze linger on Draco's face.
He wasn't ashamed of you, said Harry. You don't know anything about it. I know that he loved you. He probably thought it was glamorous to date a Death Eater at first, said Draco, bitterly. A sort of, look how over the war I am. Harry shook his head. He remembered that last conversation he'd witnessed. Remembered Michael, almost in tears, saying, It's you I wanted. Why can't you see? You're breaking my heart. It just didn't seem as if Michael had been in it to say he had dated a Death Eater. Anyway, said Draco, I don't want to talk about it. These bluebells are nice, said Harry. Draco laughed. Nice? Harry? They're, I don't know, they're divinely sublime, is that better? <laughs> Slightly, said Draco, knocking his hip playfully into Harry's. A small improvement. It was actually a pretty good night for Ron and Hermione to stage their intervention. Draco was meeting up with Dean, so Harry was at a loose end anyway. They didn't call it an intervention, but they came over and ordered takeout and asked chirpy questions about his job, and he knew it was only a matter of time. So, said Hermione, anything new in your life? Harry was saved from answering by the doorbell. That'll be the curry, said Ron. I'll get it. Ron says you bought a mobile phone, said Hermione, as Ron ran around looking for cash. I've got money, said Harry, rising to his feet. No, said Ron, who had finally found his muggle wallet. I got you, mate. He left the room. He thinks you're dating someone, said Hermione. Then, from the hall, Harry heard the door open, and Ron exclaim, Malfoy? Harry wasn't even conscious of how he got to the front hall. Draco stood on the doorstep, his hair uncombed, and his thumbs poking out through holes in his jumper sleeves. He was looking at Ron, unmistakably devastated. What the fuck are you doing here? asked Ron. Are you okay? Are you in trouble or something? Everyone thought you were dead. Draco, said Harry. Draco's eyes flicked over to him. Sorry, he said. Wrong address. He disapparated. Oh, fuck, said Harry, returning to the sitting room to look for his phone. He hadn't seen it all evening. Fuck, fuck. Harry? asked Hermione. Oh, said Ron. It's Malfoy. You've been seeing Malfoy? Harry pulled out all the sofa cushions and his phone slipped onto the floor. Did you think we would judge you? asked Hermione. You know we got on with him after the war. Harry had six missed calls. And then there were the texts. Are you there? Just got back from meeting with Dean. Feeling a bit cravy. He was just so much more in it still. He gave me his address book for safekeeping. It's sitting on the table in front of me. It's making me feel a bit crazy. I didn't have the contacts anymore, and now I do. They're all here. I could buy anything I wanted. I don't even know what I would buy first. I know exactly what I would buy first. Did you ever try cocaine? Feels like magic. Good mood and a powder, as if you deserve it, if that makes sense. Feels genuine. Like being a good person or something. Fucking hell, I want to get out of my head so badly. Are you there? I'm so sick of this. It's been fucking years. Last relapse was when I was 24. I was at a party, and everyone was off their tits, and I don't know. I went to the kitchen and necked a bottle of white wine, and turned myself in to Ursula a few minutes later. She said I could still count the last year of sobriety because I had been honest. Christ, I'm feeling sorry for myself. You lost all those decent people in the war, and here I am acting as if I have a fucking right to you. I must make your skin crawl. My skin is crawling, incidentally. I feel itchy all over. Do you think it'll just be like this forever? Trying to stay sober, like trying to stay awake when you haven't slept in days. Maybe relapsing is inevitable. 
like falling asleep. I don't know why the fuck I'm texting you all this. I've never told anyone any of it. For good reason, probably. Self-indulgent as fuck. Oh, Christ. I wish you would answer. I'm... I'm going to stop by. Is that okay? I hope that's not crossing a line. I'm just... Fucking climbing up the walls here. I'm sorry if I'm crossing a line. Harry put the phone down, his heart hammering. That was part three of Can I Tell You Something? Written and read by Gala Placidia. Tune in next week for part four. Don't forget you can join my newsletter at newsletter.gallopod.com and I also have an Instagram at letthemeatbooks with underscores instead of spaces where I post reviews of the books I read. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. And why not tell a friend who you think might like the show? See you next week and thank you so much for listening.